Have you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. Hi, I'm Andrea Peterson, and you are listening to Salt Lake Magazine's own podcast, Salt Lake Speaks. And today we are chatting with Matthew LaPlante. He is a local journalist, but actually works all over the world, travels a lot doing stories. And he is also a professor at Utah State University teaching journalism. We've actually had Matt as a contributor for Salt Lake Magazine, and he's written many articles for us. And his most recent one was in the Dan Feb issue. You would find him under the story Incredible Journey. It talks about his ex exploration of the beautiful ski resorts here in Utah that he did 14 of them all in one week. And this is part two of the full podcast and Matthew will be taking us on his adventure from day th four through day seven. And so to kick it off, we are at day four. Day four, we wake up and we're just praying that the roads have been cleared. cleared. Yeah, for Powder Mountain. They have. We show up at Powder with what seems to be everybody else in the world because everybody knows that there is three, maybe three and a half feet of powder that has been untouched because the resort's been closed for a day and a half. Oh my God. And the great thing about Powder Mountain, uh, the really unique thing is that everybody starts the, uh, shows up and they hang out at this lodge and then they set up outside of the lodge and then they have like what, I think they call it the releasing of the hounds. Where So you don't start at the lift, you start at this line and it's basically then a when ski patrol says go, this guy who looks like Santa Claus says, go, he drops his arm, and everybody races together to the bottom of the first lift. Wow. It's insane. That and we is have, exciting. Eric's got this amazing video of it. It's like, uh, you know the scene in The Lion King where the antelopes come, yeah. right, or the wildebeest, whatever. They They're are. like They're, running down the valley part area. Yes, it's like that. It's like that, but on snowboards and skis. It's beautiful. You feel like part of something. You feel like part of something special. It's got to be how a wildebeest feels when they run. Um, <laughs> it, maybe they should rename it the wildebeest takeoff. They, sh they shouldn't, yeah. And then the skiing was incredible. It was amazing. Uh, the powder was so deep. Every run was great. They've got great steep there. And they have one of the most epic, like one of the most epic moments of my life, which is they have all of these beautiful aspen that were just crystal covered. Mm. And I was snowboarding through them and it was it was like being in a dream. I know that's cliche, but it was like dreaming. It was so incredible. Oh, it was sounds amazing. beautiful. Was, and so had the snow was it bluebird day or was it still kind of cloudy or was it, it still was, snowing when you were up there? It uh, was intermittent bluebird and then it would snow for a while and it mm. was bluebird and it was snow for a while and um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was... Does sound manage. Did you spend the entire day at... Um, no, we could have. We totally okay. could have. But um, we were like, okay, let's take one last run. And our guide was like, yeah, okay, hey, let me take you to this one place, right? He's on telemarks. Eric's on telemarks. It's no problem for them. But Jared and I are on boards, and there's a big old traverse. He called it a medium traverse. No, no, no. Chest deep powder for at least a quarter, maybe longer than a quarter of a mile to get to this run. My leg locks up, my broken leg, like the metal in it is just like, ah, no. And I can't move my leg, so I'm like using my snowboard to propel me along. Um, it was kind of like both, so the morning was the most glorious ski experience I think I've ever had in my life, and the, the late morning was 
one of the worst ski those experiences are some of those I've ever moments, had. I'm not going to lie. I am completely fine with whatever you want to ski or board on or whatever. But those are those moments where I'm like, <laughs> I'm on skis. You're on a board. <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck in snow. I'm moving forward. And I always like, you know, you know, you want to be friendly. You're like, here, grab my pole. And then sometimes when you're with friends, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. At the bottom. And the, well, the pole thing works for like the groomers, right? But like <laughs> we were in chest deep powder. So we were just walking. Jared, uh, God bless him, took the lead, which is like even harder. And I was just behind him, but it was, oh my God, it was so hard. And I was nearly crying. It hurt so bad. Uh, we finally get out of there. And I'm like, why did we do that? It was a good run. It was a sure, fine run, sure. but it was not, it wasn't worth the hike. No. Um, and so, so we finally get out there. Uh, oh, I throw up. Um, okay, just which add that I think in there. Jared has on video. Um, and I'm like, at one point, I was like, I turned into the worst version of myself. I was like, turn your camera off. Turn it off. Bleep, Stop bleep, it. Bleep, bleep, bleep. And he's like, okay, I've turned it off. But he didn't turn it off because he's a jerk. Uh, <laughs> so we get to As the, friends are. Yeah, we, we have to take a lift out. I almost pass out on the lift. Uh, we get to the car, and Jared's like, I think we're done, dude. And I'm like, well, you guys go, right? So we drive down together. But everything thought out we took a couple of shots by the time we get down to solitude in mid-afternoon i'm fine nice. totally okay and new uh, mountain new experience new mountain new experience and when we get to solitude like if i didn't think i was fine i would totally have been fine because all of a sudden i see vivian bangston uh, who's one of solitude snow athletes uh, like sponsored snowboarder and she like comes riding up to us and she's like the snow's great today where do you guys want to go and I'm like yeah I'm good <laughs> I'm done I'm and done. so Refreshed. you're you're at solitude so you have to go to honeycomb right, right on a powder day oh definitely so we had we head up apex left we bomb down to uh, summit lift and we hit the black forest and um, there's so much powder it was so amazing you really got lucky with the powder I'm just thinking if you had decided to do 14 resorts in seven days this season. You could do it, but I feel like the experience would have been a little, way different. It would have been way different, and I think it would still be good. The, when we were talking about doing this, when Jared and Eric and I were talking about doing this, we said, like, even if we don't get powder, it'll be amazing. We'll, we'll probably spend a little more time in lodges, we'll drink a little bit more, because you can, because, you know. And we'll race on groomers, and we'll be silly, and we'll like try to do stuff that we have no business doing. You know, like we'll go to the parks or something, right? And unfortunately, we got hit by the snow. But I do, I do think this this would be a fun thing to do, even on a Bluebird Week. I really do. And uh, but yeah, we got totally lucky. Solitude was amazing. We stayed there until 4 p.m. Uh, when Solitude closed. So we got three good hours of skiing in at Solitude. We could totally legitimately say that was a good day of skiing at Solitude. And then we headed to Brighton. So you did three in one day? Yeah. We started wow. at, I mean, we started okay. at 9 a.m. at Powder Mountain and we went until 9 p.m. at Oh, yeah, because of night skiing. Yeah. Which yeah. is very nice. So we got five hours of solid skiing at Brighton. Uh, stopped in uh, for a little while at the lodge, had a beer, but like we had a great time at Brighton. Uh, got there in time to, uh, I mean, like it had been snowing all day, so there was like it was reloading, so there's plenty of powder. Um, and then we watched the kids playing at the park for a while. That was fun. <laughs> oh, those kids! Ah, those kids! Those arr, arr. So uh, day five. So that night we went home and slept with our families because we were in Salt Lake. Yeah. Uh, the next morning we woke up and headed up Little Cottonwood Canyon. Uh, to hit Alton Snowbird 
and started at Snowbird. Uh, connected. Uh, we didn't have a, we didn't have a Snowbird contact. Like there, like all the other resorts were like, we're gonna give you this athlete or that athlete, and Snowbird was like, yeah, whatever, just show up. And so we're like, okay. So I show up, and and um, you know, we were like, well, we'll just what we wanted to do is we wanted to find a local or like a pro to ski with at every resort, so they could show us what the resort was like to them, why it was near and dear to their heart. And so I was like, well, obviously, like there are locals here. We're just gonna like stand at the bottom of the lift and wait for somebody who looks like they're a local. So I see this little blue-haired old woman, right? She's like this Love little it. old lady, and she's like shuffling toward the the lift. And I come up and I go, hey, um, we're doing this story about skiing. And I, I explain it to her and I, go, and I go, would it be okay if we skied with you for a while this morning? And she looks at me and she goes, sure, if you can keep up. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. You're She's cute. funky. She's adorable. This will be fun yeah. for a run. So she calls her husband and her friend over and she explains what's going on. And they're like, yeah, cool, great. You guys are taking photos. Can you take some photos of us? And we're like, yeah, sure, we'll take photos of you. And they're like, all right, just keep up. Uh, again. And we're like, huh, that's interesting. They both know the same joke. <laughs> they were amazing. Oh, wonderful. They ski 100 days a year at Snowbird. Wow. They uh, know all of the hidden places. So are they like longtime Utah locals then? They're from Florida. Okay. They come out to Utah every year to ski. They have it, so they bought a place uh, at the base of the mountain um, in their retirement and they come out and they ski for 100 days and then they go home. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, I wish that could, um, my job would require me to allow me to ski a hundred days. I'm working on that job right now. <laughs> You're like, where does this exist? Um, Who will pay me? I kind of, I mean, I, I skied 90 last year. Well done. Yeah, I'm so proud. You're of like me. close. They were, and they, the couple probably were like, eh, we've done a hundred. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like minus 10, I'm sorry. A <laughs> hundred versus 90, you, well, you didn't make it. I thought I'd hit a hundred this year because I'm on sabbatical. But between being really, really busy with other work projects and also the fact that the snow sucks, I'm, mm -hmm. I might get 50. I might. Which I know is not something to complain about. I know, I'm sorry. And like most people are like, I got three days. Like, screw that guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. It wasn't 50. <laughs> Utah problems. You know what? Like, you got to be a writer because you can write anywhere. That's true. You can write anywhere. Mm -hmm. I used to take my uh, laptop with me on the lift. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like write for a while, I'd throw it back in my backpack, I'd ski for a while, I'd get back on the lift, I'd write for a while. <laughs> like, I swear I was working it was today. It's the perfect office. I would take office calls, like, at the top of the mountain, like, conference calls. Those are the best. Or, like, nowadays you have the Bluetooth and you can, like, just hook it on when you're going down the mountain and someone's, like, sitting in their boring cubicle and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just curving around some aspen trees. <laughs> <laughs> I call my friends sometimes when we talk, right? I'll be like, hey, what are you doing today? And she's like, I'm writing. What are you doing today? I'm like, I'm writing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you played with them, the older couple, both at Snowbird and Alta, or just uh, at Snowbird? Just at Snowbird. Okay. Just at Snowbird, and then we headed up to Alta, and uh, at Alta, uh, we connected uh, with Andrea Huskinson, uh, who's a former ski racer, uh, has been skiing at Alta since she was a little girl. She was amazing. She was so much fun. I was on skis again. Um, you, do you feel like you were getting better? <laughs> yes. Or legs were tired? Yes. I mean, my leg actually was pretty good because I've been switching off okay. from skis and snowboards. It wasn't that bad. I've been on board that morning. 
It was totally great. The best thing about Alta, really, I mean, like, the terrain at Alta is amazing, um, but also, so I, I have these boots, they're Apex boots, right? And Apex boots look like snowboarding boots, but they have an outer chassis, right? And so if you walk around Alta wearing Apex boots, everybody thinks you're a snowboarder and they get mad at you. And they're like, hey, you can't be in here. And then you're like, ha ha, actually. Ha ha, I've actually got uh, But Apex is awesome. It's especially good, like, for me, because, like, with my broken, with my leg still healing, like, being in ski boots sucks. It really sucks. So, but the best thing about Alta is just like, it is, it's like skiing somewhere in the 1950s. And with the exception of the fact that like the technology, the ski technology has changed, like the lodges still look like they're from the 1950s. I, some of the people there started skiing in the 1950s and it's just this like old, amazing, beautiful resort that happens to have some of the best terrain and some of the best snow in the United States of America. Um, did you guys spend anywhere particular when you guys were on the mountain? Did you guys do a lot of like Catherine's Pass or just kind of explored the whole resort? God, I wish I could remember at this point. Like people keep asking me that about about certain resorts, right? They're like, oh, where'd you go at Powder? And I'm like, the place with the trees? I went to the place with the <laughs> there trees? There trees and snows and yeah. I went down. <laughs> and they're like, where'd you go to Alta? And I was like, oh, at one point we were on the side of this mountain and it was really steep. And a lot of people, times people, like, if they ski it out, so they're like, oh, yeah, I know that place. Yeah. And then other people are like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I've, I've seen steep mountains before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we finished up Alta, and uh, that was day five. Okay, so then we have two more days. Day yeah. six, you headed where? Day six, we headed down to Sundance, and this was the only day that we had one resort. And why is that? Because uh, Sundance is kind of away from everything else, right? Like, it, like the next two resorts are much further south. Sundance you could definitely do with like you could combine it with Park City, right? And you could come around the back and hit Sundance, or you could probably do one of the Cottonwood resorts and then come down and hit Sundance. You could probably even do like uh, Powder Mountain and then head down to Sundance, but there's all, there would be a lot of driving. So it was kind of out there. We had already had a day where we hit three resorts, so we had bought ourselves time for one. And this was in the middle of the Sundance Film Festival. And what better thing to do on that week than to go to Sundance, get a morning's worth of skiing, and then go take in a movie. There you go. And most people aren't actually on the mountains during Sundance, which people get confused about. They're like, oh, but it's so busy. Yes, the parking will probably be a problem. But people aren't on the mountain yeah. as much as one would assume. Place was empty. It was amazing. Uh, so new, ski new park snow. city and canyons and Sundance during big time, Sundance. Big time. I mean, we, we started at Park City uh, during the festival. There's nobody there. Was, it, I mean, that's the secret, right? If mm -hmm. you go to Sundance to watch movies, great, super. But everybody else, like the locals avoid Park City during the Sundance Film Festival. So there's a bunch of open runs on a really large resort. Same thing at Sundance, there wasn't anybody on the mountain. And uh, we connected uh, there with Brian Wimmer. If you've seen The New Flipper, which was like a TV show in the 1990s, or China Beach, which I think was in the 1980s, you know Brian Wimmer because he's like this actor guy. And he calls uh, Bob Woodward, he calls him Mr. Woodward. Mr. Woodward. Mr. Woodward. And uh, he's, been, he's a ski ambassador and also a summer sports ambassador. And we skied with him all day. And it was amazing. It was beautiful. Some more of those like uh, crystal aspen tree runs. 
Uh, lots of good steep and deep. Uh, they they do grooming really well though there, and our legs were tired, so that was okay. Like we took some easy groomers that day. But by the afternoon, we were like, that was a great day. Uh, Jared bled a little. He uh, he took like some bump and hit his face with his knee on a snowboard, and Ouch. and he was like he was bleeding everywhere, and so he came down like like. Oh, and bloody snow. Oh, bloody mm. snow is pretty. Mm. It's, uh, <laughs> As we all <laughs> gag. <laughs> Just kidding, it's um, not pretty. That was the only bad injury of the week, oh, so that that's was good. Impressive. And it wasn't even that bad. I mean, yeah. we put some paper towels on his face, and then we went and watched a movie. Hey, there you go. Uh, Sundance movies, it was cool. It's always a cool experience. Uh, they're not always good movies, because that's the whole idea, right? They're taking chances, and Jared really liked it. I didn't like it very much. And then uh, our friend uh, Nick Thomas came and picked us up at the airport, um, because you could totally drive down. You could totally easily drive down to the... Southern Utah resorts, and honestly, if I'm being honest, it's probably faster, but Nick's like, why drive when you can fly? Yeah, so this is the one spot where you sort of cheated. So we sort of cheated. did a little more. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, okay, anybody could do this, but obviously that would cost, like, some money or a pilot's license or ha to have a friend, which we happen to have a friend who has a timeshare When you Cessna. have a friend with a Cessna. When you have a friend with a Cessna, Take you load your snowboards it. into the Cessna. And you go. Which, by the way, there is not a lot of room in that there plane. There is not. So how many, I mean, it's usually, what, a three-seater, four-seater? It was four, yeah, four people. Okay. So it was Eric and I <laughs> in the back, uh, Jared and Nick in the front, and then, like, our snowboards, like, between us. And I just, like, like if there's any turbulence, like the snowboards are just gonna like slice our heads off because they're right on our shoulders, right? But it was fun, it was, uh, it was, it was totally fun and it's a bucket list thing so you, you go all out and Nick was super nice to us so. Uh, so he takes us down, uh, we do the next day, we do Eagle Point in the morning, great resort, only open three or four days a week. You can, this is the great thing I learned about Eagle Point, you can rent the entire resort. Wait, what? You can rent the entire resort. I mean, it's probably a little bit pricey. It's in the tens of thousands of dollars okay. to do it. But if you think about it, right? Like if you, you were- You got 10 friends, that's just a thousand dollars. Well, okay, if you had 10 friends, but if you had a hundred people in your company. That's true. Right, like that's- So you can res re rent Eagle's Point. Yeah, you can rent the entire resort because it's only open a few days a week oh. and the other days, Okay. You can, it was like, so for a corporate, so we started talking about, like, so my buddies are in the National Guard. They're like, we could totally, like, get a bunch of people in the National Guard and have a retreat here. And I'm like, yes, we will do that. And then I realized that they weren't talking about including me. And yeah, I was you're like, like, wait oh, a second, hold just on. kidding. But you need someone to take pictures and write stories. Right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. So so that was the cool thing. Also, the skiing's amazing. Also, uh, at that point, it had stopped snowing for a while. And we're like, oh, that's too bad. We're not going to get any more powder. And they're, like, laughing at us. They're like, oh, <laughs> you've never skied here before. <laughs> we were on main runs. So there's still powder on main runs. Wow. Is it just because it's not as open as much or is it because of the location? It's uh, the location. It's the fact that it's not as open as much. It's the fact that it's in a, you know, like it's in a small town. Um, mm. So if you're willing to drive for how long, what's the drive? Three hours? Uh, to Eagle Point from the airport? Yeah, probably at the so most three hours. If you're hours. willing to drive three hours, you're going to find yourself with yeah. still some really great skiing. No matter what. Yeah. And it was amazing. It's great. Like I would love to like vacation there. Like I could totally see spending a week there. Um, the skiing was great. It's beautiful. It was amazing. The people are incredible. The bar is outstanding. The restaurants are really good. Because there's not ski and snowboarding if there's not a pre-ski. There needs to be pre-ski. <laughs> I mean, that's just part of it. It is. It is a mandatory part of it. <laughs> so we killed it on Eagle Point. 
hopped in the car and uh, arrived at Brian Head, and that was our last resort. Wow. Was and what was it like to finish off on Brian Head? It was great because skiing Brian Head is like skiing in another world because it's red rock skiing, right? Mm. So you're. It's, I have not done that. Oh, it is like being on a different planet. Wow. It is incredible. It's beautiful. It by that time it was a bluebird day. It was like um, if Star Wars wanted to explore winter sports. Yes, this is this is where <laughs> this is Luke where and Leia would ski. This is where Luke and Leia ski. Yeah. Um, and it was a party. Brian Head is kind of like equidistant between Salt Lake and Las Vegas. Um, it's not too far from the Southern Utah schools, from Dixie and Southern Utah University. And it was, uh, if you've seen Hot Tub Time Machine, Brian Head is, that, that's Brian Head. That's, it, it's just like, like college students everywhere. Uh, we felt like the dirty old men. Uh, but it was it was a party. It was great, and they had live music, and they had a grill going, and they had uh, they were doing barbecue that night, and there was lots of drinking, and great skiing. And we finished up, and had a couple of cigars, took a couple of shots, and started telling stories. <laughs> no, after having done pretty much well, not pretty much all the resorts in Utah, do you have a new any new favorites or any? Uh, new thoughts about the I have a ones? lot of new thoughts about a lot of resorts. I don't have a new favorite. Solitude is where I go. Solitude is where we live half the time. Solitude is where I ski most of the time. I love solitude. By the way, solitude sucks. It's horrible. Nobody should ever go there. Right. Right. Just put yeah. that disclaimer out everybody's there. Everybody's yeah. Like actually, I, I must. I'm just crazy. Actually, I like it because yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> Don't come to Utah. Don't enjoy the skiing. <laughs> so I tell people all the time. So I told people like when I was in Vermont, I was like, they're like, oh, you're from Utah. I heard the skiing's good there. I'm like, no. no. Why do you think I'm here? The skiing there sucks. Don't no, come. It's terrible. Never come. No. Never come. Ski somewhere else. <laughs> um, so, so my favorite resort didn't change. Um, but there were things at every single resort that became my favorite thing. Right? Like, Cherry Peak is like an amusement park. It, it, it has the vibe of an amusement park, and I'm really looking forward to taking my kid to Cherry Peak. Nordic Valley has this great, super old school, super family feel. Uh, like, I think half of the ski instructors there are all members of one family. Uh, the kids are the, they're the, they're like teenagers, and they're the nicest teenagers in the world. They're like, Yes, sir, this, and yes, ma'am, that. And, um, and they're also really great skiers and snowboarders, so they're a ton of fun to ski with. Be uh, Beaver Mountain, uh, what a family resort. What an amazing place to uh, feel like you're part of, like, like you're really part of history, right? Like if that resort's been in the same family for uh, 70 years, something like that, for, forever. Alta also, the history of Alta is incredible. Uh, the people at Alta are a lot of fun. Powder Mountain for Steep and Deep. Snow Basin for a combination of really amazing tree runs and also really sweet lodges. <laughs> Deer Valley if you want to pamper yourself. Uh, Brian Head if you want to have a party. Brighton if you want to have a different kind of party. <laughs> Park City if you want to go shopping afterward. And, uh, and also want to ski, if you only want to ski one resort and not feel like you've only skied one resort, Park City, totally. What am I missing? Uh, Snowbird. Snowbird, if you want to ski with some really rad skiers. I mean, like, everybody there is, I mean, there are good skiers at Snowbird. Um, and then uh, um, Eagle Point, if you want a week-long vacation and not have to see anybody and just spend time with your family. 
So we are spoiled for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, take your pick. Um, so your, I mean, your advice then for um, skiers, um, whether they're locals or, you know, yeah, definitely locals, I guess, because I feel like with most of us locals, we do buy that one pass and right. we um, play in one location most season long. What is your advice to those who, those of us who are spoiled and how to get out and... I mean, I would say, look, if, if you have kids, when they hit the fifth grade, they can get that ski pass for $30 or something from Ski Utah. That's a great excuse, right? Save up the money and hit a few extra resorts. You don't have to hit 14 in a week, but choose the ones you want. You want, like, you want to tour all the great steep and deep? Like, there's five resorts for that, right? If you want to tour the family-owned resorts or the ones that have that family-friendly feel, do that. If you want to vacate, there's ways to do this. But I do think, like, look, it's a few hours drive to all of these places. Choose one different one a year to go explore. Hit that. That's your extra. And, you know, 13 years later, you'll be done. You'll, you'll have hit every resort in Utah. Right in time, I'm sure, for them to open another resort. Yeah, definitely. And then you can be that, you know, 80-year-old couple that hangs out on this chairlifts and <laughs> scares <laughs> the young guys. <laughs> and challenges the and young challenge, guys to keep up. All right, up. you keep up. <laughs> Matthew, thank you for joining us. Um, where can people find you or follow you on all of your adventures, even beyond uh, your winter sports. Oh, yeah. I mean, what you really want to do is you want to be following me right now because I hung out last week with Pablo Escobar's personal chef in Colombia. Oh, yes. This is this is a story you need to keep up with. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, if you want to follow that, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm threading the story uh, one new recipe every week from Pablo Escobar's personal chef. Uh, that's at MD LaPlante on Twitter, M-D-L-A-P-L-A-N-T-E. You can also find me at mdlaplante.com. Wonderful. Well, for all of you listeners out there, you guys have been listening to another episode of Salt Lake Magazine's own podcast, Salt Lake Speaks. You can find this episode as well as others at saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast.